Broadcasting from the wine country in California, this is the Kick-Ass Relationship Show, where intimate secrets and modern advice for couples is shared to elevate your relationship to live sexier, happier, and to have way more fun. We believe success in life is better when mixed with excitement and love. And now, here's your Kick-Ass Relationship Coach and best-selling author, Midori Verity. Hey everyone, welcome back to another show. I'm going to start off by asking you, do you have a relationship that you want to overhaul? I hear this all the time. People want to kind of press that reset button. Or are you at a stage in your life where you're going through a major change that's kind of freaking you out? I know that I am, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But today's guest is known as the master of change, and he is going to tell us how to do it more smoothly without losing our minds. I'm Midori Verdi, an author, speaker, and I'm known as the kick-ass marriage coach. And each week I bring you guests, tips, inspiration, and fun to help energize your life and your relationships. So we always kick off the show with one of my quick three minutes to thrive. And so the goal is to, to give out some just awesome tip about communication or sex or relationships or life in three minutes, something for you to put in your pocket. So today is really important because we are talking about communication. Last week, I talked about the four communication don'ts. This week, I promise to talk about the four communications do's, the ones that you want to, how you want to respond when you're really pissed off. It is important to know these skills. So get out your pencil and paper and jot these down because I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. So the first one, and this is so important, it is to calm down when we are really angry and our partners can get us there at times. I am so guilty of this. We have to learn tricks to calm ourselves down because how many times have you been really upset with your partner, your kids or your boss or whoever, and you've said things that you later regretted? It happens when our blood pressure gets up to a certain point. Somehow our brain just kind of goes and all of our common sense, all of our control sometimes just kind of goes out the window. So that's why it's super important to calm yourself down. I talk about tools on how to do this. You can look at my blog, of course, because I have more tools there, but make sure that you calm down before you respond. Number two is to complain Oh my gosh, how many people do we know that uh, I call it doormatism? Doormatism is when you have someone who never speaks up. They just kind of let people roll all over them, whether it's their spouse, whether it's their kids, whether it's their boss, whether it's their friends. And I call that doormatism. Don't do that because it's such an unhealthy place to kind of back yourself into. So speak up, complain. Talk to your partner with something really bothers you. Do not sweep it under the rug because that will always come back and bite you later. Number three, speak non-defensively. This is communication 101. What this means is use I statements versus you. So when you're talking to your partner, instead of saying, you did this, you make me so angry because of this, you want to say, I, so I feel hurt when you don't hang up your towel, although I've asked you 5 million times, something like that. And if you can add a little humor, that always helps. And I promise you, they will listen to you much more openly. It works. It works. Okay. Number four, validate. What this is, is this is kind of a communication 102. Ask questions because sometimes we feel like we know what your part, our partners are going to say because we've been together for so long, but don't do that because often they have more to say and we really need to be listening. So when your partner is saying something to you, communicating, even if you don't like the way that they're communicating, remember, you're going to calm down, but then you're going to go back and ask questions. You're going to another way of that. This has been referred to is mirroring. And that means that you're going to go back to your partner and say things that, that, you think he or she is saying. So you want to make sure that you are clear in what they're saying. And then they know that you're listening and that's a good place to be. Number five, and this is so important, you guys, 
practice, practice. The fact that I told you to calm down when you're really angry and you haven't been practicing, it's easy to stay really angry, right? So practice these skills, write these down, make it a mental recording in your head. So next time when it happens, you're going to say, oh yeah, what did Midori say? Calm down. That's number one. And then go through the steps. And then here's your, your bonus. Write this down. If you don't write any of this other stuff down, you need to write this down because it's so good. When your partner is saying something that maybe in the past, you're just like, oh my gosh, he's driving me nuts. I would love to take my shoe off and throw it at his head. What you say instead, you're going to swallow your pride, but it's going to give you bonus points like you've never seen before. What you say are these four words. Write this down, etch it in your mind, put it on a sticky and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. These four words, you may be right. Holy cow, that's so big because they don't know what the hell to do, but it changes that mind. It's called a brain interrupt. And so it stops the pattern of arguing because all of a sudden they'll, they'll be more receptive to you. So there you guys, there you go. Write those down, re-listen to this later. But next week we are going to be talking about how to create a stronger bond through support techniques and building synergy. So you definitely want to be here for that one too. But without further ado, we are going to bring on our amazing guest. Let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Filippo Voltaggio. Yeah, I think he's Italian. He is an author, a public and keynote speaker, a life coach and show host of the current hit, The Life Changes Show, which is right here on BBS Radio. He's also, I mean, this could go on and on. I could go on and on for hours about all the accolades that this guy has, but let me just finish what is here. He is a workshop leader, a singer, master of ceremonies, among the many life changes that have earned him the moniker Master of Change. Filippo started his professional career working his way up to junior management in a Fortune 500 top three company. Despite many industry awards and accolades, he left, he left several years in to pursue his childhood love of music. This is where he also has tons of accolades. He and his songs have been featured in several Hollywood hit films, including A Walk in the Clouds with Keanu Reeves, Noise with Tim Robbins, and several others. Please join me in welcoming this amazing guy to our show. Hello, Filippo. Thanks for being here. Hello, Midori. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be here with you. Of course, of course. So you do, I mean, like I said, your bio goes on and on for days. And <laughs> you, for those of you who, who want to learn more about Filippo, it, it will be on my website. You can read it all there. But he has so many things that he has done, that he is doing, that I know he will be doing in the future. But I want you to just kind of briefly tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about this master of change and the whole concept behind that. Well, thank you for reading some of the things. I actually haven't heard uh, some of those in a while. haven't thought about them in a while because, like <laughs> I said, we're on to what we're doing now and the next thing. And so the, the interesting thing to me is listening to you, by the way, I, I did take notes and your communication tips. Number one, I wrote it this way, calm the F down. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. I like it. Um, so, so I, I, I listened to that and I, I've reviewed my life many, many, many times because that is actually the basis of my work that I do in the recalibration. And I know we'll be talking about the recalibration of relationships here. Uh, so I look back and everything I was doing was looking for myself or wanting to experience myself, looking for love, looking to give love. A lot of people have said, wow, you've done all these varied things. Uh, it, it's, it's like, this is completely different from that, et cetera, et cetera. And no, to me, not really. When I look back at it, I was always I was always trying to get to know myself, get to know people, uh, get people to like me or want people to like me or get to know. Uh, it, it's just it, it's an interesting thing to look back. And, and one can say, well, what about uh, IBM was the company? Actually, we didn't mention it, but 
but IBM was this big top three company in the world and and very business, as about as business and corporate as you could get at the time and, and still is. Uh, however, and it set many standards for business, et cetera. When I was working with customers and clients, I loved them. They loved me. I had a relationship with them where I really wanted to do right by them. And so it was always about that for me. It still is. And and so I think uh, this topic that we're going to be talking about today aligns beautifully. Okay. Yeah. And you have done so many different things. And, I, and that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. Because often when we're going through life, we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into being this or that or what we think we should be, right? But you have changed. I mean, God, you do everything. You sing, you write books, you do, you have, you're a show host, you do so many different things and you've kind of reinvented yourself so many times and it's okay. It's okay. And you've done it successfully. So Tell us about this whole, I know right now what you're working on is the recalibration idea. So tell us about that. What, what is that all about? Well, so a fine example of the recalibration is, is what we just talked about in the sense that uh, you and I are looking at this and saying, oh, you've done so much and, and this is great. Somebody else might have said, what, he can't keep a job or uh, he doesn't know what he wants. And and I might have had those feelings as well growing up or as I got older. Obviously, not that I can't keep a job thing. That never crossed my mind. And especially since these were hard jobs to get. Uh, especially like at IBM or, or some of the career moves I had and, and the accolades I've received, singing, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that one didn't enter my mind. But the things that did enter my mind uh, might not have entered anybody else's mind. And the reason they were in my mind is because I was either programmed to think that way, that no matter what I did, maybe I'm still a failure. Uh, no matter how well I did, uh, it didn't matter what other people said. I, I still wasn't satisfied or uh, different things that could have entered my mind and did along the process. So to recalibrate means to start going back as far as we can to look at what did that mean to me? Why did I do that? Uh, what... Um, what can I get from that experience that I didn't get while I was doing it because I was too much involved in it in order to be able to step away and look at it and, and learn from it, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, and then, and then finally to the point of today's talk, uh, even, even in sales. Uh, so I grew up as somebody that, that I didn't think people liked me and, 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 I, 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 I joke on stage how I was a, a, a fat kid who grew up Italian-American smelling like garlic and I had buck teeth and kinky hair. How could people like me? You know, so um, I know. But, you know, and, and there, there, there might have been some truth to that. And there were other things as well that I grew up thinking because of the bullies and the thises and the thats and having no friends that I wasn't likable. And so getting to a place where... I wanted people to like me. In in that process, I started to learn what other people liked, and and then I could discern what I liked about myself or what I didn't like. And along the way, I did things that I tried to please people that weren't things that I liked, and I experienced how that feels being untrue to me. So circling it back to the recalibration of relationships, that that kid who. I thought nobody liked, obviously my parents loved me and my brothers and sisters and all that, but um, grows up to get this coveted job at IBM and the first thing they teach us is customers buy from people they like. <laughs> <laughs> people do business with people they like, you know? That's right. So, so then, you know, then I, I leave that and I get on stage and I'm standing in front of first a couple people and then a couple dozen and then hundreds and then thousands and in front of full orchestras and all that. And people like uh, listening to and watching uh, people they like. I, I mean, I could have the best 
voice in the world and put on the best show. But if they didn't like me, um, then then we wouldn't we wouldn't have an audience. And so so getting recalibrating all those experiences I had, what I was looking for, what I thought I wanted, what I thought people wanted from me and, and bringing it together to a place where I could say, hmm, I got this out of this. I, I, I still need to learn this, but this I and, and starting from this new place instead of the place I started from when I was a kid, for example, saying nobody likes me, everybody hates me, guess I'll eat some worms. So you changed your mindset, it sounds like, and what you were looking for, because you talked a lot. A number of the things that I heard you say is that you were always in search of getting people to like you, making sure that they liked you despite what you were doing. And and that may have been the instrument that drove you towards constantly revolving and changing. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Well, I said you're right. I did say a lot, and that is one of the aspects of of what I've recalibrated. I've come mm-hmm. to understand about myself. Absolutely. And I think you know, in so many relationships, what I see is after you've been with someone for a while, you do things to try to make them happy. And sometimes as you're going through it, or you're doing things that you think you're supposed to do, right? Especially when you, I don't know if you have kids or not, but once you become a parent and you're raising kids, you have this, this idea in your head of, of what it takes to be super mom or super dad. And you're supposed to look like this and you're supposed to do all these things. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy crap, this is so hard. I'm not happy. I'm freaking wiped out, but you're always searching or trying to please others. So during your, and I, and we're going to come back to this recalibration thing, but I think this is an important point during your time where you're, you know, you're going through all this major change, especially when you're younger, I think, because now it seems like you're pretty comfortable with who you are. When did you just kind of stop and say, Hey, I'm okay. Was there ever a moment where you're just like, I'm okay with who I am? There have been several moments and and they continue to happen. And that's why I say the recalibration is an ongoing process because uh, in 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 wanting to like myself and wanting other people to like me, I, I, I tried on different hats and tried different experiences. By the way, some of the experiences were because I wanted to try them and because there were things that I enjoyed doing and I just either happened to be good at or wanted to get better at. And, and, and so, I, I, you know, I, I, I did it not just to please other people. Uh, so, but yes. So to stop here, here's an example. Uh, my father used to think I was spiteful. Um, sounds like a horrible thing to say, but maybe, maybe in some ways I was. And so, uh, he didn't want me to be a singer. So I studied and became an engineer and got the great IBM job. And then one day I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm going to go off and be a singer. He says, you're doing it out of spite. And that was a moment where I had to stop and say, instead of just, just discounting everything that's said to me, I can take a moment. Sometimes it only takes a moment. Sometimes it takes some some actual reflection to look at what what is this person saying? How what part of it rings true and which part of it doesn't? Because I thought, wow, if it's true that my father saw something in me as a child, which might have been true then, it might still be true now. But and if it's still true now, and I'm doing this out of spite, like there are other words we could use that people do things out of anger or or to get back at somebody or something like that. We end up in careers or we end up uh, buying things or wearing things just because my mother never let me wear this. And then we wear it and it looks really funny or really bad on us. And it's like, you know, it's it's good to take a moment and say, okay, why am I really doing this? And then when we come to those answers, and, and if it's if it's if it's anything but because I really like it, because I really think I'm supposed to, because I I love myself enough to do this, uh, because I think it's part of my path, whatever it is. If it's anything else, because I'm trying to get back at my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my father or my mother, or because I never got to do it as a kid, it might not be appropriate now. You might not need it now. So stopping and being able to to assess in the moment. Uh, in, in your case, you're saying uh, to tell ourselves I'm okay, which is a great thing. And also to say, you know, what does this mean to me now? 
relationships. What does this mean to me now? The job. What does this mean to me now? What did I think it was going to be? What did I hope it was going to be? Where is it going to go from here? We, we don't give ourselves those moments often enough to be able to evaluate, recalibrate in that way. I love that. Just take a second, breathe and reassess. I think that's, that's what we we're so busy moving so damn fast that Often we don't take that moment to just kind of say, wait a second, <laughs> what's going on here? How much does this really matter? And why am I wearing this poncho? You know, whatever <laughs> it is, <laughs> you know, you just, <laughs> it's important. It's important just to be, and I talk about this all the time. It's just an awareness. That simple word, being aware, it's exactly what you're, you're saying is be aware. And then when you're aware, assess the situation and what do you want to take from that and how, and are you doing what you really want to be doing and why are you doing what you're doing? And I, that was so poignant. And I, I hope everyone got that, that that's regardless of what situation you're in. Exactly. It's so important to know. Okay. And then, so recalibrating your relationship. Talk to us a little bit how that would work. I know you just gave us a bunch of tips, but so specifically if you're trying to recalibrate in your relationship, can you give us a salt, just a, a tangible example of that? Absolutely. When, when we get into relationships, we, we have already, even if it's our very first relationship, we already have an imprint of what a relationship is or what a relationship isn't, or what it's not supposed to be, or what it is supposed to be. Uh, I, uh, I believe that our very first imprint of a relationship happens either before we're born, uh, it, it, not necessarily that we bring it from another life or something, but that may be true as well. And some people have that belief about past lives. But also in the womb, I understand that uh, in the womb that the child picks up on what's happening in their world, in their mom's body, uh, as she's reacting to the male voice, for example, the father or whomever else she's having a relationship with, the other children or a friend or whom, whomever it is, her boss and all that, the baby's picking all of this up and learning how to relate or, or better yet, learning some, some bad habits. And then the baby's born and, and then starts to pick up on the relationship that the mother has with the baby or with, um, with uh, the, the significant other or with the other children, whoever it is, that those relationships are imprinted uh, upon the baby and the growing child. And supposedly up until around seven years old, six or seven, we're just, we're just taking all these imprints in. So when we get into our first relationship, we think, oh, this is our first time. And not really, for better or for worse, we have had imprints of what is what we think is supposed to happen in this moment or uh, what we don't want to happen. And, and it could be something as simple as, as uh, uh, somebody saying, oh, men are like this and they're gonna try and do this. And all of that comes into factor when we go to that, we show up to that first relationship or, or women are like that, or this is how you're supposed to treat women or not supposed to treat women or women like it like this whatever it is, those come into factor. And we think we're having a relationship with the other person, which we kind of are. But I think the majority of the relationship we're having is with all of that information flooding in at that moment. And uh, along with our hormones and along with what we're feeling about ourselves at that point, whether he thinks I'm fat or she thinks I'm good looking or whatever it is, all of that stuff. And we call that a relationship. <laughs> that's a lot. That's right? a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, you're, and you're right. Okay. So if you're not happy with that, you know, if you're, you have, I call it your recording in your mind that, um, you know, you talked about it from your womb on and it's, and it's so true. It's, it's these record, we all have them. We, everyone has them It's those recordings that are subconscious, often subconscious. And so, so if you're not happy with that, what's, 
is that when you talk about assess the moment and decide why a situation is the way it is and if you want to change it or not? Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. And and before we get into that, I'd like to give two more examples of first impressions. Okay, do it. So so all those first impressions that have been created, let's say, from the womb uh, come together and they're happening just as we're uh, having our very first relationship. And let's say that first relationship doesn't go well. Now, that creates a first imprint on our actual physical relationships going forward. The next person we meet, we circle back to that experience and we either never want to have that experience again, or if it went well, we want to have it exactly like that, like we felt when we were 16 or whatever it is, which is not going to happen at whatever age we are at that point. And it won't be our first, et cetera, et cetera. So, so we have the first impressions that we've taken in and become part of our programming. Then we have the first impression of the actual physical experience we had. And not necessarily I'm talking about intercourse. or I'm talking like we actually meet a person and feel that those hormones going through our bodies, et cetera. So we have that first impression. And then when we finally have this relationship that we have right now, there's the first impression of when I first met this person and how he or she was when we first met and how I was when I first met. So we we hear things, I hear things in, in, with my clients and in, in, in groups. Well, when I first met her, she was really shy and quiet and sweet and cute. Now she talks all the time. She thinks... <laughs> He thinks it's okay to just tell me what to do and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, wait a minute. Have we stopped, as we we're talking about here, and taking into consideration that this person that we're talking about has his or her life journey as well, and that they may have learned something, and it might have even been from me, how to be more confident, how to actually have a say. And are we taking it into consideration that they now want to be able to speak their mind and they didn't before so we're holding this person accountable and saying you're wrong because now you're speaking your mind when i met you you lied to me because you didn't speak your mind back then (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh you lied to me (laughs) 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 when i met you you had a job (laughs) 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 <laughs> and now I can barely afford designer jeans. Right. Whatever, whatever it is. And yeah. so, so, so now we have this first imprint of when I first met this person that I'm currently in a relationship with, this person has changed and probably, hopefully so have we, and maybe even for the better, but have we stopped individually to look back? Let's, if we're talking about just relationships at the moment, to look back at, our relationship with this person or beyond this person as far back as we can go and say, I have come this far. This is what I believe now. This is what I want in a relationship now. And then to allow or offer the other person the same. It's like, what do you want in a relationship now? And are we compatible? And and we might find the other person likes pina colada and getting caught in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> right. A reference. <laughs> oh, I totally do. I'm I'm there with you. I'm an 80s chick. Actually, I think that's 70s. I think you took us back to the 70s, Uh-oh. didn't you? I'm oh. myself. I heard it once. <laughs> Me too, once. And it just stayed in my mind. Um so you have to communicate throughout your whole relationship because you do evolve and you do change and And it's so important for us to kind of acknowledge that in each other. And maybe you'll end up liking that person even more, which is the goal as you both evolve. Right. Nice. Exactly. 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 You know, taking it out of relationships into something, you know, circumstances change, people change. And and that's why I, I love our show. One of the reasons why I love our show, Life Changes, because it, there, there isn't anything that's more true than that. And so some people say, I want things to stay the same. It's like, oh, let me see. You're 10 years older. Are, really? <laughs> Did anything stay the same? Did you stay the same? Right. Uh, hopefully we've learned something. Hopefully we've grown. But circumstances change. So I, I actually had this experience where... Uh, 
you grew you're in beautiful wine country in California. I, I'm in Southern California, and on occasion, I like to go to Palm Springs. This is a perfect time to be talking about this because I think today Palm Springs is about 120 degrees. Oh, um, lovely. So, right. So, um, so if we're we're if we go to Palm Springs and we are sipping on a fruity, icy drink underneath an umbrella with a mister on vacation with a good book and a friend or what have you, uh, and we can dip in the pool anytime we want, we could say, you know, the 120 degrees really didn't bother me. And people say things like that. But take into consideration somebody like I have experienced too, working when I was working for IBM, actually, putting on a suit and tie and driving around and literally knocking on businesses' doors as, as making sales calls, getting in and out of the car into the 120 degree temperature. All of a sudden, we don't like Palm Springs so much. Mm -hmm. Right? It's still Palm Springs. You know, this is still the same woman. But when we first fell in love, we went to Palm Springs and we put up, we drank Mai Tais or whatever, and we yep. sat under the umbrella, right? Yep. And all yes. the hormones are going and everything's feeling great. And then we say, hey, this is so wonderful. Let's get married. Okay, you need a job and put on your suit and start making phone calls. I mean, sales calls. All of a sudden, we're not liking this relationship. Yeah. Things changed. Right? Things, yeah. The, the reality. Yeah. The, the reality set in, but you can recalibrate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so being able to do that beforehand, even, uh, it, it's like, I like, I like to say, we say hindsight is 2020. What if foresight were 2020? Wouldn't uh, that be amazing? My God. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> here's some foresight. We have to go into a quick little commercial break and then we are coming back with Mr. Filippo and we're going to be talking more about life changes and we'll probably talk a little bit more about recalibration. So join us. Hey, this is me, Dory, and I want to express how grateful I am for you joining me on my show. And for this, I have a very special gift for you that I am super excited to tell you about. It's a tool, and it's a tool that I have for those of you who are in a relationship and maybe feeling frustration and anxiety revolving around this partnership, like all of us do at some point, right? But it doesn't have to stay this way. The tool I'm talking about is my Energized Relationship Quiz. All you do is you simply answer six super simple questions, enter your email, and then my custom diagnosis will pop up and reveal the relationship issue. After that, it'll give you the tools to change your situation starting today, right away, right now. So stop arguing over the same things. Get your relationship back to that healthy and happy place you want it and love being with your partner again. Yes, it can happen. Here's the coolest part. It's free. And like I said earlier, it's only six super easy questions. So all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my messenger and it'll take you right to the quiz. If you have questions, simply ask me on Messenger and I'll personally answer. In fact, I would love to hear your feedback. So once again, just go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my Messenger. That's it. I look forward to connecting with you. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are having so much fun chit-chatting with with Filippo Voltaggio. I hope I'm saying that name correctly because it just is, it's such a sexy name. And so what we have been talking about is recalibration of relationships and now he is going to talk to us about some tips on how to actually do that. So go, tell us. Tell us how do we do this? Well, Midori, first of all, I have to say, no matter how you'd pronounce my name, I'm sure you'd make it sound sexy. So, uh, <laughs> but, but you are saying it like I say it. So thank you for that. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so, so you asked me earlier about tips and, and, uh, we, we don't seem to be asked a lot about 
these kinds of reflections. I, I, I know growing up, I don't know if you had this experience, but if, if my mom thought it was cold outside uh, and I wanted to go outside and play, she'd say, put on a jacket. And, and I never had the opportunity to decide whether I was cold or not. <laughs> and whether I needed the jacket, maybe I, you know, nothing against her. She was obviously protecting me, but but I wonder if it might be best to say, bring a jacket just in case you might want to wear it or something, because then I could have the sensation as a child of, hmm, it's cold. The jacket's over there. I I, I probably should put it on, and I start to get to know myself, as opposed to you see all these little kids walking around sweating with jackets on while they're playing or whatever it is, and and they don't know know themselves. So going back, and I'm not blaming parents, they have a hard enough job, they don't need anybody blaming them for for, for wanting to protect their kids from the weather. Um, and, and I just have to defend, I have to defend all moms out there real quick. The reason why we say put it on is because we know you'll lose it if you aren't wearing it. So from total experience. Okay, but continue, continue. Because you're right. That's a good point. Was well taken, and they, moms certainly don't need defense from me. I, I, I get, I get the work is uh, very hard, and I appreciate it, and I'm grateful for it. So, so in 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 similar ways, when it comes to relationships, sometimes, like I was told by somebody, it's like this is what love is in a relationship, and I'm like, well, mm, gosh sure doesn't feel like love. And I actually went along with it for a while saying, well, if this is, maybe I don't know. And, and I, I realized that I didn't know, but I did realize eventually it wasn't this. Um, but this person was trying to make the decision for me. And that happens a lot in relationships too. And especially when it gets confusing with, with somebody showering us with gifts or somebody uh, taking us wonderful places or, or making us feel good in bed or whatever it is. Uh, it can get confusing. So to be able to stop and to see what it is that we we really think uh, in this moment. And what do I mean by that? One of the things that the recalibration does really well is ask you questions, is ask people questions, make them think about things in ways that they've never thought about them. So if, if I just said, so, so what do you think a relationship is? We might have an answer for that. But the recalibration does something really interesting, and it may start with a question like this. Uh, when, when, um, or who, or what did people think about relationships in the past? So, so people ask, you know, why is, why is that important? I, I wanna know what I think. Well, hmm, how many times do we hear voices in our head that are not really our voices, that are our parents talking or our ex talking or our brothers or sister talking? There are voices going on in our head, there are thoughts going on in our head that are not ours. And we may have adopted them or they just have nagged us for so long that it's become a part of us without even knowing. So what did people say about relationships? And some of us could say, oh, my dad used to say, you know, all relationships are are bad or that's what happens. You get married. The old ball and chain, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Yes. What have we heard on TV? What did we see? Did we watch Married with Children? Did we watch, <laughs> you know, what what did what did the imprint? What was it? And we might find that we believe something that we didn't know we believed, but when we put it in somebody else's voices, we could almost say exactly who that is. That's Al Bundy, or that's, you know, whatever it yeah. is, that's, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, so we ask ourselves certain questions, and so here are like the first three basic questions that one could start to, start to listen to their answers and start to have an insight on what we believe about relationships because they play into the, the relationship that we're having in this moment. This is not easy work. It, it, it's not quick and dirty. We do this in a weekend, um, but basically what we do is, is we help people really learn the tools and so that they can go and do this over and over again whenever they need it. And I would love to see this kind of thing, not just for relationships, but for life, career, and, and in general, being taught to children when they're in first grade to, to start to get to know themselves and what's inside, what they're thinking, especially kids. 
uh, when uh, they'll say things that you know kids say the darndest things. No, kids are repeating what they've heard a, a lot of the times, and right. it becomes a part of them, right? So, so who or what did people think about relationships in the past? Like who? By who I mean, you know, that's the girl you want to marry, or that's the kind of guy you want to bring home to meet your mom, or whatever it is. So, so who? You know, and then and then what? that guy with the with the money or that that girl who's a virgin or that's what you want in a relationship and these things come into play and so if they're in our heads it's good that we know before we get in because i i've had a client i had a client who was in a relationship with a woman loved her more than anything but just couldn't get over the fact that she wasn't a virgin when he married her yep and, and religious so, can take a religion can be an issue here. There's um, it happens all the time. That stress that right. that between what you're feeling and then what your brain is saying. Exactly. And in the mm -hmm. end, with this person, these weren't even his values. Exactly like you're saying, these were values that were part of his programming or part of his imprint that it, they did. They just were there. And once he was able to rationalize and recalibrate what that means to him, then all of a sudden that wasn't an issue and their relationship was able to flourish even more. So then who or what did I think about relationships in the past? Like, like I thought I was supposed to be with this kind of person or that kind of person, or I thought uh, I would always end up with this or with kids or with that or not with, you know, I, I always thought, and you hear people as they're adults as I never thought I'd have kids. I really didn't. And here, so, so, so that's okay. And that might be wonderful that they have kids now, but if they really never thought they'd have kids, what other thoughts did they have? That my life would be different, I would be more free, I would be more happy, and that I'd never have to do this or that. And that that might now make their life resentful, as opposed to maybe seeing how that was something that their parent used to say or their 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 teacher used to say or somebody that they love their aunt or something and then they've grown up and they've come to realize if they stop and think about it that actually i like having kids i'm actually blessed to have kids and it's still the same kids and it's still the same <laughs> person but all of a sudden the relationship and life becomes different right yeah absolutely and and then one last thing, it, it, this is still in the past. We do this for past, we do it for present, and we do it for going forward in the future, but still in the past, who or what did I think about relationships in the past? So, so um, uh, first we look at what people thought because, or I, I think I already said that. So, so who or what do I think um, about relationships nowadays? You know, where, where I am, where am I with relationships nowadays? I hear older people say, well, nowadays kids do this, this, and this. Back in the day, we didn't this, this, and this. So if that older person were still dating, where are they with relationships? I, I, I knew, a, I knew a, um, a, an older person who uh, had been married and had uh, you know done the whole religious thing and and all of that and 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 stayed true and all that and then and then his wife died and here he was older in in years and he met a woman who did the whole thing as well uh, religion and and marriage and stayed true and all that and then her husband died and he wanted to be in a relationship with her and not necessarily get married, but have sex. Mm -hmm. And her past beliefs that no longer applied to her today, but she wasn't able to recalibrate them, kept him and her from having sex and from having a relationship. And he moved on and she regretted it for the rest of her days because she wasn't able to recalibrate what it means to be in this body, in this person, this society, in this moment right now. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And how many times do we regret something because of those, those recordings in our brain? Exactly. Yeah. And then to be able to change it and pivot and lead a much happier, fulfilling life. Yay. 
Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we have to go into a quick commercial and then we are coming back and we're going to play a little game with Filippo Voltaggio. So stay with us. Hey, this is me, Dory, and I want to express how grateful I am for you joining me on my show. And for this, I have a very special gift for you that I am super excited to tell you about. It's a tool. And it's a tool that I have for those of you who are in a relationship and maybe feeling frustration and anxiety revolving around this partnership. Like all of us do at some point, right? But it doesn't have to stay this way. The tool I'm talking about is my Energized Relationship Quiz. All you do is you simply answer six super simple questions, enter your email, and then my custom diagnosis will pop up and reveal the relationship issue. After that, it'll give you the tools to change your situation starting today, right away, right now. So stop arguing over the same things. Get your relationship back to that healthy and happy place you want it and laughing with your partner again. Yes, it can happen. Here's the coolest part. It's free. And like I said earlier, it's only six super easy questions. So all you have to do is go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign, Midori Verity, and type quiz in my messenger, and it'll take you right to the quiz. If you have questions, simply ask me on Messenger and I'll personally answer. In fact, I would love to hear your feedback. So once again, just go to my Facebook page, which is the at sign Midori Verity and type quiz in my Messenger. That's it. I look forward to connecting with you. Okay, you guys. So we have had a just a fruitful conversation with, I'm going to say his name again, because it's just so much fun, <laughs> Filippo Voltaggio. And, you know, we're talking about recalibration and how our past stays with us. And it sometimes it holds us back and causes problems and the importance of being able to just acknowledge those moments and being able to reassess so, so important. So this is one of those episodes where you're going to want to go back and replay it because there are a lot of nuggets in here that will help you in, in so many areas of your life, not just your relationship, but in your career, with your kids, with your friends, so many different areas to help you take those steps forward. So now we are going to play a little game called truth or truth. And we haven't played in a while, but I'm hoping that Doug has the music queued up. I'm not sure if he does. Doug? Okay, here we go. So, Filippo, let me just tell you the rules of this game. There are... You, just, you have to answer every single question 100% truthfully and authentically. There are no passes, and the game is called Truth or Truth. Are you ready for this? I Yes. Okay. All right. So first question, I always start off easy. Who do you feel is the hottest celebrity of all time? I have some choices here, but you can fill it in with someone else. So A, Jennifer Aniston, B, Beyonce, C, Lucille Ball, or D, Bo Derek. Well, actually, I love this question because it gives me an opportunity to talk about something I believe in, and that is that hot is going to be de uh, determined by other factors going forward, at least I hope so. Um, uh, for example, hot is uh, currently, at least with that list, uh, is out external beauty. And what I look in for in anybody is internal beauty. And so what I'm going to say is, Midori, it's you for bringing out these kinds of opportunities for people to learn and become better. And uh, thank you for doing that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you win the entire game because that was the best answer ever in my two years of playing this game. That was the best answer ever. And I'm going to replay it over and over. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so that that takes me aside from the question from this this quiz really quick. I just have to tell a quick story. Yesterday I was getting my hair done by my hair person who is always so fascinating to go talk to and she's dating. So she's in her 50s and she's dating and she was telling me how she went on a date with five people. Um they went wine tasting and there was a man there and it was a best friend of her really good friend and she's never met him before. But she said, you know, his outer appearance was definitely not what she was attracted to, but she was paying attention to the inner core. Like you just mentioned the importance of that. So, you know, they had a great time. And at the end, he invited her to go on a date again that Friday. She's like, sure, I'd love to go on a date with you. So she, so he called her a couple of days later. And he's like, I have a great idea. How about we meet tonight? I'm going to go golfing all day and then I'll be done around 830. And why don't I come over to your house and I spend the night? <laughs> and she said, you know, that kind of sounds like a booty call and I'm super not into that. So how about not? He's like, okay, okay. You misunderstood me and let's instead, let's go down to the wine bar and we'll, I'll buy you a glass of wine. So she's like, okay, I'm in for that. So she went and met him. He shows up in his little golfing outfit now stay with me here. Just stay with me with this. So he's wearing neon green stripes with a you know, little golf shirt, neon shorts and bobby socks. And his belly looks like maybe he hasn't been doing his crunches. So she, well, and he's all disheveled because he's been golfing all day. As she walks in, she's already, you know, the conversation earlier kind of put her off. And then his outfit was again, like the third strike almost. But she was still keeping an open mind because we're talking about the inner self, right? So she's really trying to keep open-minded about this. So he buys her a glass of wine and he tells her the first thing. He's like, I just want you to know the date on Friday is off because I owe my ex-wife $3,000 and I have no money to take you out. So this is your date. So, you know, sometimes we do really, and I'm so about that looking at the inner self, but sometimes it just doesn't work out in the outer self. You kind of have to pay attention to that too. So yes, I absolutely agree with you. That was a total sidetrack. We're going to get back to the game right now. But I just had to bring that up because I thought that was such a funny story. So, well, okay. His inner self wasn't like all fixed up. So, you know, if she liked his inner self, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't there yet. He's work. He's a work in he's progress. In progress. Absolutely. And he I do think the Bobby Sox thing, maybe <laughs> he needs to rethink that. Just that. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I actually liked his, um, the concept of neon because again, I'm an eighties girl. So I, my heart is there with the neon. Okay. But we are going to go to question number two, because we want to know more about you. And this is super important because you do have such a sexy name. What's a woman's first impression? We are only talking about the outer self right now. Okay. So what's a woman's first impression when they meet you or a man, you know, I don't know what you're into. So Yes. So it doesn't matter, but yeah, what's a, a woman or a man's first impression when they meet you, a, that you're brilliant, B that you are hot, almost on fuego, C that you're the life of the party or D he looks like a guy who will buy me a drink. Well, if it's one of those, it would have to be the life of the party. But if I could choose something or I don't choose I, what I get a lot is, uh, I saw you smiling. Oh, so wait a minute. So they see you smiling. So they think you're flirting with them. No, you... they, they just, I, I, well, a good question. Maybe I, what I got from that is that I get, uh, people think I'm, I'm happy or, or they sense that I'm happy or they feel that I'm happy or that I'm a happy guy that I'm, that I come across like cool, calm, collected and happy, uh, you know, and that is always that's the most approachable kind of person, right? So I bet you meet a ton of people and you have interesting conversations. Uh, true, true that. And I love people. And so now that I love myself, it's easier to love people exactly where they are and to see them where they are and help them actually by being comfortable around people, it helps them be comfortable about themselves. We're so taught to be uncomfortable about ourselves that it's nice to just be comfortable around somebody, isn't it? Uh, I completely agree. And here's the thing that I've noticed, and we're totally going away from my important game, but <laughs> but what I have noticed as I've become, you know, I've been doing these, sh I've, I've been interviewed a number of times, but then I've been doing um, a few different shows over the last few years is that 
you can't judge a book by the cover. And when you start talking to someone, it could be the person in the room that you think you're going to have the least in common or the least interest in. And you start talking to them and they'll blow you away. Once they, they open up and they feel comfortable around you, the stories that they tell you and their, you know, what they've been through. It's fascinating. I find that all the time. Don't you love it? Don't you love that you have, that you're approachable like that and people feel comfortable with you. I love it now. I didn't used to be like that because I wasn't a happy guy. I was a miserable guy and I didn't like myself and I didn't see what others would like about me. So I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be that person. But uh, what you just said goes to what I was saying earlier about you being able to, to allow people to show what's inside. So yes. And then can be fascinating and wonderful. Yes, and so scary to some people, but but some people fascinating and wonderful. And, and here's a quick little side note. Again, I've I've been doing a lot of side notes, but I'm going to do it again because it's my show. So <laughs> I just got um, certified in something called the DISC assess- assessment. It's a D I S C, and it's all about behaviors. And I am a high I, which means that I am super social, and. Uh, but I tend to be put off by people who are what's called a high C. Those are the people who are more serious. They're more introverted. They, um, they're the scientists. They're the people who love data and they love analyzing things. But now that I am aware of it and I understand that not everyone thinks like me, I have a new respect for them. And I know how to approach people a little bit better who I can write, you know, everyone has these outer selves that you can recognize It's it's the behavior that you see. So you can kind of, kind of pigeonhole them into certain, certain types of personalities, although there's always so much more to them, but it's just so interesting once you realize it, you know, for you, I'm sure you are always interesting, but maybe because you didn't, you didn't come across as approachable or friendly like you do now, um, but once she started talking to you, I'm sure you were so interesting and fascinating to talk to. So that's kind of what what the takeaway here is, is that go approach those people that you think you have nothing in common with and see what's in there. Right? I, I, it's worked for me. Yeah, I think it's a good challenge to put yourself to with your next cocktail party that you go to. But our show is almost over. We didn't get to finish my fabulous game, but we need to know more about you because I know that um, my listeners, they want to find out who is this Filippo Voltaggio guy and how can we find out more information about you? And you have a new book that you just put out. So what? tell us the name of the book and where we can find more information about you. Well, the book is The Little Dog That Could, and interestingly enough, it's about uh, a relationship between a little dog and myself, and how this little dog that I rescued in many ways rescued me. So it's a fascinating journey. I say it that way because I experienced it, and it was fascinating for me, and when I've since shared it, in writing and others have read it. I've been getting so many uh, wonderful reviews and how it's changing people and their relationships with their dogs and with uh, people, which is wonderful. So The Little Dog That Could, and it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and at our website, thelittledogthatcould.com. And we mentioned two things. We mentioned the recalibration and we mentioned the show. So the show is easy. We're on every Monday night here on BBS radio as well uh, at uh, lifechangesshow.com every Monday night at seven. And then the recalibration is something that we do as a general course. And we're just starting to offer it for relationships and also a course for aging uh, so those are spe- specified courses, but usually we either do them for corporations or for groups or for organizations, or we have our own where we set one up in San Diego or wherever we are, and people come for the weekend and experience the recalibration, and, and people can learn about that at therecalibration.com. Fair enough. That sounds great. I invite you to go check that out if you are driving and you aren't able to write all that down. Of course, you can go to my website, nidoriverity.com. Look up the show. It will be at the top of the of my show page. 
and all that information will be there. But I'm going to go get this book because it sounds so cute and I'm such a dog lover and I do believe that they are able to totally change lives and inspire us. So until next time, I just have to say next week we are having Jeff Hotchkiss. I know I said he was going to be on for this show, for this show made a big fat mistake. I really need to look at my calendar closer, but it was so great having Mr. Voltaggio on our show, but he, Jeff will be on our show next week. He is the author of putting wisdom to work, practical mindfulness for maximal living. And as always have a gratitude attitude in life towards your most beloved people. And maybe even towards those who you tend to not love so much. Try that gratitude attitude and see how it changes your approach. All right, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Kick-Ass Relationship Show with Midori Verity. We hope you've enjoyed the show and want to share the love by passing on our web address, midoriverity.com forward slash show to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous shows. This has been a Midori Verity International production. Join us next time on the Kick-Ass Relationship Show to add passion and fun to enjoy the most extraordinary relationship and life.